You're listening to episode 44 with Jorge Rodriguez, project manager for Pure Technologies, Asylum Company. This episode is brought to you by Rogue Water, the public communication company founded by yours truly, the H2 Duo. Hi, I'm George Hawkins, past CEO of DC Water, founder of Moonshot, the professor of practice at American University. This is a podcast that helps you communicate the value of water. And what's more important than that? It's Water in Real Life with my friends, the H2 Duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. Your day-to-day might be crunching numbers or doing, you know, I don't know, calculations, Excel, whatever it is. But when you peel off the layers and you go back to what it is it that we're trying to do um, is, well, in some way, I feel responsible or my team feel, feels responsible for delivering clean water, clean, safe water. When you open the tap, you can actually drink that. And that's that in itself is amazing. So every person that is uh, in somewhat involved in that process, um, you know, has an important part in, in that story. In March, we're heading to San Francisco for Water Innovation Week with Imagine 2.0. And the theme of their summit this year is all about workforce. Jorge is a perfect example of people in the industry that are truly taking it upon themselves to demonstrate the value of water to the incoming next generation of water professionals. This is so important because it's the why and the passion of the people doing the work in water that will not only attract the next gen, but will also retain them. Now, Jorge says he's just an engineer. And he's not the first one that we've heard say this, but in order to communicate the value of water, we're going to need all hands on deck. We, as the communicators, cannot do this alone. We need the support and the buy-in from all of you. So whether you're an engineer or an operator or a lab tech or a field ops or whatever, please, you are not just anything. You're the ones who are going to help Ariane and I revolutionize the water industry through the power of communication and collaboration. We cannot do it without you. So we hope Jorge's story inspires you to step outside of whatever box you think your degree or your license put you in. You just might inspire the next person who joins the water sector. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Jorge Rodriguez is passionate about all things water. He's a millennial who refuses to acknowledge that he's a millennial. That's okay. We agree. He was born and raised in Puerto Rico and is a professional civil engineer and program manager with 14 years of experience in water and sewer infrastructure projects. Over the last 11 years, he has been working with a company called Pure Technologies, which is part of Xylem. He's had the pleasure to help water and wastewater utilities all over the United States and some other countries understand the condition of their large pressurized transmission systems and make decisions on renewing or replacing such assets. So, Jorge, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, interesting interesting story here is that um, one time when I was still working for a city and we were in a budget meeting and we were defending a line item about creating... Uh, a branding video that could be used for internal communication that we could then use to convey the value of water externally. And one of the, the finance people said that we didn't really need to worry about doing all that because we were just a city. And so that was like the first time that just became a four letter word for me, like all the other four little four letter words out there that, you know, your kids get in trouble for saying. And so when we were having a conversation with, with Jorge one time, and about how he's amazing at doing 
at communicating and, and educating others about water. He was like, oh, well, I'm just an engineer. And I was like, Err! hold up. You are not just anything. We got to get this kid on the, uh, on the podcast. And so <laughs> <laughs> you're not just an engineer. You're, you're pretty badass at doing what you do and, and going above and beyond and communicating the, the value of what you do to people. Um, but as is with anything, anytime we have a fellow water nerd on the, on the podcast, like I gotta know, like, what's your, what's your water story? Like what brought you to the blue side? Sure. So I, I am just an engineer, first of all. Um, <laughs> that won't go away. Um, I, you know, what you guys do is amazing. I've, I've had uh, the pleasure to work with a lot of communications people. I always end up on the communication offices for the utilities that I, that I uh, work at. And, uh, and that's, that's how I got involved in, in, in anything communication related. But I, I have no communication skills or PR or anything like that. It's okay. Neither um, does Arianne. <laughs> I'm strictly a yeah. I'm strictly a civil engineer, just a regular regular guy uh, that shows up to work every day and loves what he does. Um, the my water story, I really I don't know. I don't I don't have a water story. I I uh, kind of stumbled upon this industry, if you will. Um, fell into it. Fell yes. into the water industry. Yes, and every time we you know I talk to uh, young people that are in school or they're aspiring to be engineers, they always ask, like, you know, how did you know and how did you end up, um, you know, choosing this path? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't choose anything. It, you know, kind of stumble, stumble upon it. Um, I had no idea I was going to end up, um, you know, working in the water industry. I, I have a surveying background and uh, construction background. And from there, uh, somehow I ended up working in a project that had a lot to do with pipes and, and stormwater draining and, and things like that. And then from there, I found this job uh, that, that has to do with large transmission systems. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that, you know, the rest is history. You know, I, I've focused in water since then. I've mm -hmm. done water and, and wastewater um, systems. And, uh, and then through the years, you know, you kind of grow your network and, and start working more and more in hand with uh, people in the, in the water industry. And that's, that's where I landed. So I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. No, that is a good, that, that is the answer. And that's, that's pretty pretty so standard answer. Yeah. I, that's what we keep finding is like, you weren't like a lot of the engineers, they go to school and they kind of decide which, um, you know, not practice, but which area, area of expertise they're going to focus in on and they can kind of get into the water industry from that way. And, you know, kind of from day one of their career, know that they're going to work in the water, you know, sector. But for the rest of the water industry, it's definitely similar to your story of, you know, stumbling into something, you know, in that field. I mean, that's the same with me. I, I was working at an oil and gas um, landman company and, and I saw a, an application or a job opening for an environmental uh, or stormwater coordinator. And I was like, I like the environment. I can do that. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I got the job and the rest is history. I stayed in that, that side for the rest of my career, but it's the same thing. I didn't have any intentions of joining the water industry and saying, I'm going to, I mean, now I'm going to revolutionize the water industry, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. And, and the biggest thing is, you know, back when I was in school and I, or, or even before going to, to college, um, you know, 
the water sector wasn't even cool. It wasn't, it wasn't, no. I, I didn't even know it existed. I think it still is. <laughs> yeah, it's these people working in the background, you know, yeah. and then w water magically appears, wastewater magically disappears. Um, and, and like I said, you know, I wasn't looking at that. I was, you know, I had my eyes on this other civil engineering um, career that I was going to have. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I, I stumbled upon it. And I, I believe it's beautiful. I believe that what we do has a lot of meaning. Obviously, it's it's extremely important. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that I ended up working in the water side. Well, what I've come to believe in the areas of my life that have been the most powerful are that sometimes you don't choose things, sometimes they choose you. And so I feel like for a lot of people that we've met that when it comes to the water industry, that's that's the water how it's industry been. chose you. Yeah. The water industry chose you to do what you're doing because, um, you know, what you're doing outside of just your professional experience in terms of engineering is, is impactful. And the things that you're doing, that you're doing are impacting others. One of the things that I'm thinking about is some of the things that you told us that you're doing to kind of communicate with the young professionals in the industry of the value of water because a lot of times we get in it we start doing things we have blinders on and even we can become immune or numb to the impact that our industry makes on people every day so what are some of the things that you're doing to really encourage and to pour into those younger professionals so um for for me you know i i have uh people that report to me are straight out of school Mm. Um, so I have a lot of younger people and throughout the years here, I've gone different levels, um, of them. And, uh, and now that I know, you know, how complex and how cool and, you know, the space is, uh, it's, it's a lot easier for me to kind of convey that to them and then get them involved in, in what we do and to, you know, start with the importance of water. Trust me. Well, you don't have to trust me. You guys know, but you know, everything that every person in this side of the industry does is really important. Yeah. Um, and, and we go through little exercises here in the office with the groups to kind of highlight that, uh, you know, your day to day might be crunching numbers or doing, you know, I don't know, calculations, Excel, whatever it is. But when you peel off the layers and you go back to what it is it that we're trying to do um, is well, in some way, I feel responsible or my team feel, feels responsible for delivering clean water, clean, safe water. When you open the tap, you can actually drink that. And that's mm -hmm. that in itself is amazing. So every person that is uh, in somewhat involved in that process, um, you know, has an important part in, in that story. So for the younger folks, you know, we try to explain that we try to uh, bring them on and, and kind of infect them with that type of, um, thought process so that they understand that, Hey, what we're doing is super, super cool, super important. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's what we try to do. I love that you use the word infect because our mentor at SAWS, Greg Bukash, he has said that before and his team was like, no, no, don't, please don't use the word infect when we're talking about water, but it's true. It is. It's, yeah. it's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and when we go, so that's with the, you know, the direct people that work here that are younger, that are coming in um, with people that are, aren't even in this space or that are younger than that. Um, again, it's just trying to explain, you know, that, that uh, hidden side of the water industry that exists, but nobody really, or at least I didn't know about when I first started. Yeah. Um, so when we, when we get the chance to talk to anybody, any groups of, of young people, 
we try to uh, explain to them, you know, again, what we do in very, very general, very soft and very um, basic terms. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. You know, water, you know, doesn't come from the rain. You know, there's people yeah. over there that have to do this or that or the other. So, so that's what we try to do. Um, so you said before that you don't believe in just checking the box. What does that mean to you? Um, like I said, I, you know, I'm on the engineering side. I'm a civil engineer and, and uh, work for a company. And, and part of what we do requires us to do a certain amount of outreach, right? When you have a contract, you have a certain amount of outreach that you have to do. And I don't believe in checking the box in the way that, uh, you know, it's just a requirement. I'm going to do the bare minimum and I'm going to do whatever, you know, whatever the bare minimum is. Um, I actually take that part and take it really seriously and try to invest time in, in, in making significant contribution or, or changing somebody's mindset. So, um, you know, I spend uh, quite a bit of time, personal time, um, going out to these uh, outreach uh, events and then, you know, just spreading the word and educating people um, is worth every minute that I spend doing that. So what I mean about checking the box is it doesn't really you know, when I go out on a Saturday and I go and join a group of, you know, people like you, like yourselves, right? Communications people from a water department. Uh, I'm not there standing and saying, you know, yeah, we're here. We like you. You're a customer, whatever. Give us your money. Um, it's, you know, it's like, you know, we go in and, and I, I try to explain to them. They ask me, what do you do? And I'm like, ah, you know, well, you know, there's a reservoir and there's water, there's pipes and, you know, there's pressure and this is what we do. And they're like, Oh my God, that's awesome. That's amazing. And we, you kind of get them involved, yeah. uh, at least from my perspective. And then, you know, I've heard a, a number of things uh, wh while sharing these thoughts with, with, you know, random uh, uh, customers. Right. And when at the end of the conversation, they're like, Oh, I get it. Hey, maybe I should pay more for my water bill. I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> because you know, this is, you know, it's not easy, you know, bringing safe, clean water to your tap takes a ton of work. And these guys, work. the utilities are trying to figure this, this out. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's such a cheap resource. Anyhow, so that's what I mean by not just checking the box. It's just getting involved, um, make it meaningful. It means something to me. It what brings me to work every day. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't have that, then um, I don't think I would be nearly as happy as I am. So to me, um, I have found as I've gotten older that time is my most precious resource. And, you know, we, we're all only allotted the same amount of time every day. And you mentioned spending, out, out, spending time outside of work to do all the things you just mentioned. Why do you think it's so important to make those connections with your customers? So uh, I think... And, and again, I have no, no communication background, so I, I'm probably totally you wrong. To, but, you're human. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that, um, you know, for a normal utility, um, I believe in creating that connection. So I'm a rate payer, right? I, I live yeah. in a house and I live in this county and, and these folks provide water for me. And aside from that, um, you know, quarterly bill that I get, I have very little connection. Although, you know, I work in the water industry, so I know right. a lot behind the scenes, but it, just thinking about it um, as a regular ratepayer, uh, there isn't a lot of interaction between the utility and me. Um, to me, knowing exactly what they're doing or where they're spending the money or you know the trial tribulations that they have to go through to mm -hmm. get us the water that we use 
makes a connection right with them and then i kind of gain a lot more respect for you know the utility for going through that it's just I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to, else to put it. But let's say that it's a road, and you know, if I see these guys, you know, fixing all the potholes and and spending a lot of time fixing the roads, and you see the effort that they're putting, then the next time I my bill comes in, I'm like, all right, well, at least I'm seeing that these guys right. are are doing the right thing. Right. Well, hey, you and I are cut from um, the same cloth. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so. really, like what you're describing is empathy, and a lot of time, empathy gets placed in um, kind of really touchy feely context, but really it's not about that. It's about the fact that you can take yourself outside of the industry and recognize yourself as a ratepayer yeah. and look at it from their perspective and understand, you know, what would as a ratepayer, what kind of information would, would make this relationship between me and the utility better. And when, when we start to look at the water industry in that way and through the lens of the people that we're serving every day, I feel is, is the way that we're going to just get better every day. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, and not all communities are created equally. I mean, they are created equally, but not all of them are in the same equal situation. So there's a lot of, in most communities, some underserved communities. So what are some ways that you are outreaching to them in ways that may be different just uh, to the general public? Yeah, so for for underserved communities, um, you know, we have established programs and, and the utilities um, in, in my area here in the Mid-Atlantic um, have identified certain areas that um, they like to bring in and, and share information with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously in the city of Baltimore, there's, there's an underserved uh, section of the population that uh, we try to partner with. We partner with nonprofit organizations and then try to bring activities to highlight uh, the importance of, say, clean, accessible water or even uh, wastewater management to these communities. Uh, and, and it can be uh, in a very simple way. I, I personally like it when, when it's um, interactive. So it's not a, here I am, I came to tell you, like, I'm going to show you a presentation of, you know, how amazing I am and then go back to your house. It's involving them. So whether it's, you know, involving the kids with some, some game or putting them in situations where, okay, you know, you get to be whatever, the fire department today and, you know, you need to make some decisions and you kind of role play. Um, so it's, it's about reaching out, going into the communities, explaining what it is that we're trying to do, uh, listening to them, get, you know, getting some feedback and then circling back. So, um, you know, sometimes we kind of reach out back to them and say, Hey, by the way, you know, um, you know, I'm a civil engineer, but I have accountants in the office and I have, you know, different people and we're the company that I work for is all water related. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you're talking to the communities, you're kind of putting them and, and explaining to them that more than just uh, their, their um, role in, in this whole thing, you know, you're kind of offering um, options. Like if, if, if they, you know, want to get jobs in this, in this space, like yeah. here we are, you know, and it's all related around the, the water. Um, so in, in, in outside of this area, and this is not personally related to me, but you know, I, I have a lot of respect for, for some of the folks that I work with because, you know, you mentioned, you know, I'm from Puerto Rico, you mentioned the hurricane, mm -hmm. um, you know, Puerto Rico, when the hurricane hit it, um, 
obviously the, the utilities go down and, and there's, there's going to be some, some issues with the water supply. You know, our company uh, sends some, some folks over there to set, to set up some water towers for mm-hmm. clean water. So it's a yeah. simple concept, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you need to go out there and, and kind of take the initiative, go deliver it and, and, and then kind of remove yourself from there and, and let things hide. So um, that's another way that, you know, I see that we can, serve um those under underserved communities yeah and i love that you brought up the the issue of jobs because that's one of the things that i think our industry what makes it stand out above the rest is that we really truly do have a place for everyone Everyone. and for anyone if you're even if you're going to college if you're not going to college if you're getting your GED or your PhD, like it doesn't matter. There's a place, whether you like being inside, outside, science, whatever, um, work with your hands. Yeah. (laughs) Communication. Um, it's just, I love that we can be so inclusive in that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we just did better outreach to all communities about that, um, you know, we all talk about the vast amount of industry folks who are retiring and who are leaving and yeah. kind of freaking out about what that looks like for the next phase. I, I think we have a great, we have a great work environment here that we can sell. We just need to, you know, like as with everything else in water, we just need to tell people about it better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love right. that you like talked about at the beginning, how you bring in the accountant or the, the person crunching numbers and explain to them like, yeah, why, the, like the bigger picture, why they're here, why they're, you know, what they're doing for the bigger, you know, role of water. Um, too often we found when we worked for the city that like, you know, the, the new guy coming in, you know, in the field work, like just didn't even know that there's a bigger picture there. Um, I mean, it's hard to fathom like our 67 mile long pipeline from that goes through like, you know, 12 different counties. Um, that, that that's all connected to what you do every single day. I think that's really cool that you you're able to convey that to them. Um, so I want you to tell me, um, you said you have a lot of young professionals that report to you. I want you to tell me more about that relationship, how you attract them, how you retain them, um, and how our industry can do better at that. Um, yeah. So um, we attract, so our company has a, pretty young average age. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're, we're kind of like a technology company. So, sure. you know, we attract that group of people. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's tough to keep everybody engaged. It's tough. Like I said, you know, the day to day can be, can be um, tough sometimes, but um, again, by, by going back to the core uh, values and thoughts related to big concepts, like mm-hmm. just just in general, delivering water. I find it that it's uh, easier to to get that connection with the staff, with with yeah. people. Um, and you know, when you when you ask a person that works with me, like, what do we do? And I, I like this about uh, George Hawkins. Like, this guy is like has these these mind-blowing concepts yeah. and he says well you know i work uh, for everyone and then and then he reels you in it's like well, yeah. wow what do you mean i work with everyone I was like, oh well i work in the water industry and that affects everybody and you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah. when you when you kind of start using those type of concepts it's a lot yeah. easier 
to get younger uh, people to stay engaged, stay focused, and then want to develop uh, in this space, right? So mm -hmm. anybody and everybody would like a career that that um, has a path and has grow, grow opportunities mm -hmm. and, and it has, you know, a good end goal. So by presenting those things, I think, I think we've been pretty successful at um, number one, attracting the younger uh, folks uh, and then number two, retaining them. And then, um, and again, that, that outreach part. And I, I discovered this, um, you know, relatively recently uh, is, by incorporating those kind of things into what you do, um, I, I find it that we're very successful at, at clicking with people and then getting them to stay. So anything that I do that is either outside of working hours or it's, or it's you know, in working hours, but it's not like your typical work right. conditions, and usually that's outreach, mm -hmm. um, you know, people bring a whole other face and a whole other they get excited about it. They're like, all right, how can I participate? Can I bring this? Can I do that? And, and like you said uh, uh, earlier, it's not only the engineers, you know, I get the accountants involved. I get the HR, like who, you know, uh, the regular HR person doesn't care, you know, about whether they're in the bridge business or in the, in the water business or whatever, you know. Um, but when you explain it to them in, in those terms that they're in the water space, they start making the connections and they kind of like it. Yeah. So, um, you, information. Do you guys like have a formal outreach program through your company or is it kind of as Jorge's mind comes up with all of these programs <laughs> <laughs> or is it so, both? <laughs> that's, uh, no, that's, that's good. So, um, well, Pure Technologies ha has been acquired by Xylem and Xylem is a huge uh, water company and they do have a formal uh, outreach uh, program that we're um, we're folding into now. Um, uh, the acquisition was earlier this year, so now we're being part of that, and I'm excited for it. Um, it, it helps a lot not having to come up with these ideas. Uh, before, it was a little bit of Jorge's uh, crazy ideas of you know, trying to find something to do, and then you know we would get people, get volunteers, or get voluntolds, and and get them out there. Um, and and like I told you, a lot of this uh, initially wasn't really. Uh, coming from from us, it was as you're talking to these utilities, you're stopping by the communications mm -hmm. department. They're yeah. telling you what they're doing. They're like, oh, I'm trying right. to you know to do this, and and they invite us. They're like, all right, can yeah. you come and you know help us out? And that's how it evolved. But now we we do have a formal um, outreach program, mm -hmm. um, and we're trying to incorporate some of the wacky ideas that we've been doing uh, up to Tell this. Tell me more point about these that. ideas. What are you doing? <laughs> Irene really wants you to be I specific. To, I want you to be specific. <laughs> having hot dog cookouts or so, what are y'all doing? No, no. So, so I'll give you two examples and they're, they're very recent. So, you know, we work in the water space and wastewater space and uh, it was very simple. It was educational. We, we reached out to our office and, mm -hmm. and we asked people, do you know where the water, where your water comes from? And we mm -hmm. kind of narrowed down to the office, right? Because everybody okay. lives. Right. So we said, do you know where the water comes from? And, and people were like, oh, sure. You know, it comes from, you know, the pipes and like no what is what is our water source do you understand where where our raw water comes from so we we got him thinking we got some crazy uh answers to that but uh we we took a group of people to the reservoir so mm. we partnered with the uh, city of baltimore uh, and uh they were kind enough to take us to the to the reservoir where the water comes from they showed us the intake structure uh we took samples and we tested it we went there 
Um, and then people were like, oh my God, my water comes, I live near this reservoir and I had no idea that, yeah. I, you know, that, that my water comes from. I was like, exactly. So when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, you see the signs of, you know, preserve uh, or don't, don't throw garbage on the street because it mm -hmm. drains into whatever people now make the connection, right? People yeah. are like, okay, my water is coming from Liberty Reservoir and, you know, I live in the watershed. So every time, you know, I wash my car, that water is going to go to my drink, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we did that and that was one example and we did the same with the wastewater. So then after yeah. that, I asked them, well, what, where's our, you know, our wastewater goes to? And they're like, I have no idea. I don't know, the ocean? I'm like, we're kind of far from the ocean. <laughs> uh, so now it goes to the river and, you know, and uh, tomorrow we have, we have a site visit that we're going to take him. I love it. Take him too. So that's one example. Uh, and then the other example is, um, you know, we built a, uh, a small hydraulic model uh, with PVC piping. Uh, I grabbed some of my, you know, some of the folks that I work with and uh, we, we devised this uh, hydraulic model of a water system. And then uh, we created little breaks and it's chaotic. So we bring this to, we, we built it here. I built it in my garage um, and uh, we, we brought it back. And then we've used it with students. We've used it with uh, uh, middle schoolers all the way to grownups. Um, and the concept is, is pretty simple. It's like, okay, you know, you have this water network and then you have this little break and you have water pouring out. Like you need to isolate it. And then oh we get, so we get to, we get to tell them, okay, well, you're going to take this hospital out of water or you're going to take your house. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Can I? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah, so you, you need to make a choice or we make it harder. Right. So if yeah, it's, right. if it's, if it's young students, we make it like, you know, like that. If it's uh, uh, adults, we give them more points for going with the house, but then mm. they're confronted with this you know, ethical problem is like, well, it's, it is a hospital, but you're giving me points by not taking uh -huh. out, you know, Adrienne's house. Yeah. So anyhow, so that was another idea of, you know, wacky idea that we had I uh, that has been it. cool. I'm First so glad I made you go deeper with that because I love it. And I, I'm going to need video and or yes. photo <laughs> yes. of this, um, this, it, we call it a water table. It's a hydraulic model, but it's not fancy. So uh, it doesn't have you, to be. It doesn't matter. You should have seen the stuff that we pulled out of our tiny budgets when we were working <laughs> for the city. But. I was going to, but I pulled it back. Um, budget. And second of all, <laughs> and second of all, if this whole engineering gig doesn't work out, you have a career in communication <laughs> and informal education. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean. Again, not going to let you get away with that whole four-letter just word, but because um, the stuff that you're describing is the stuff that, right. you know, we were we were like brainstorming and trying to develop every day. So, um, like, I've always I've always been a fan of Xylem, but now that I know that they have a formal um, outreach program, I think I like them even more now. And um, if they would like to make Rogwater a xylem company, <laughs> we'd be happy to take over that program. <laughs> Um, but that's amazing. So yes, no, I'm I'm really glad that Ariane. She was writing me notes like, make them say more, go deeper. <laughs> so I'm glad now, that we got. <laughs> there's been there's been a bunch of like I said, wacky uh, little uh, examples, and it's again, it's it's a little bit outside the box, but um, uh, I find that people are people get super engaged and it's yeah. very hands on. Like yeah. people are getting wet with this thing. So 
Yeah. I love that you're saying like wacky and every water educator or communicator listening right now is like, oh, so like Tuesday? Yeah. Like- <laughs> Come on, give me more. I mean, I mean, we used to make the kids make garbage pizzas, you know, like, yeah. you know, just- it's amazing what sticks. Yeah. So, so kudos to you Thank on you that did, and dude. keep it up. Um, so shifting gears kind of a lot, cause now we're going to talk about marriage. Hold on. Wait, we also, <laughs> no, hold on. Let me shift back. We also had our field guys and gals creating life-size games, like oh, yeah. board games for a hundred year birthday party for the community. Like, like no idea is too wacky. Okay. Yeah. Like angry birds, cool. angry birds, but hungry, like hungry hippos. Yeah. 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 Except life-size and all water related. Yeah. It was, uh, that's, that's how you get people to, you know, show up to work happy, you know, with those kind of things. I, mean, I, uh, I totally believe in it. I think they were. They had fun that day. They they complained a lot, but and in the end they were smiling while they were complaining. So yeah. I have to believe that, yeah. you know, they liked it a little bit. So um okay, can I get to marriage yes. now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um anyone married to a water nerd uh just has to accept that, you know, they have to be up on their water game at at all times. We can literally make everything about water. So how does your wife feel about marrying into your water nerddom? <laughs> does she rib you for anything? Oh, uh, it's it's terrible. So <laughs> uh, she she knows I'm obsessed with water, um, and and she kind of she, she's my therapist, if you will. Um, <laughs> she's given up on me. She knows that I, you know anything water related. Um, you know, I'm going to be looking at it. So we're, we're on vacation, you know, we're in, I don't know, Italy or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh my God, look at this fountain and look at, you know, (laughs) and she's like, really, can we, can we go look at the real (laughs) stuff? I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we got to take a picture here. Like I gotta, I gotta see this. Or if there's a, if there's a, a, I don't know, an old pump station or you're in Greece looking at, you know, these canals, I'm looking at that. I'm like, Oh my God, this is clay. She's like, what are we looking at now? Is it, <laughs> is it water related? I'm like, yes. yes. She's like, okay, well, take your time and then let's go. Yeah. So um, you're like, honey, look at this dope manhole cover in like Rome. She's like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I take pictures of, oh, of yeah. them. And, I I uh, take yeah. I'll take the paper and crayon and make the you know color over that dope manhole cover. My husband's like <laughs> rolling his eyes. He's like, oh dear God. Yeah, I, I think that's why we need each other in the yeah. water biz because otherwise, like, you're we, you know, our spouses bless them, they're just gonna, they're never gonna understand. But you could take that pic and send it to us, and we'd be like, oh man, that's a dope manhole cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 100%. 100%. So we need our water family. Thank God that, they're all on Twitter. <laughs> no, so she's she's very supportive. Um, I give her a hard time. Uh, now uh, she no longer wastes uh, water, but she used to leave the faucet running, and it mm. just drives me crazy. So I'm the guy that you know kind of either puts an aerator or or right. or controls the the output of the. So I'm like, all right, if you're going to waste water, it's going to be very little. Uh, now she doesn't even do that. She sees accepted the fact that water is important, yeah. and uh, she's obviously very supportive of everything. Like I said, I mean, I spend sometimes on a Saturday. You know, I'll go to this outreach event. Sure. And uh, she'll come with me. Like she'll, she's totally okay. into it. You know, she'll come yeah. and, and help me uh, set things up. And um, yeah, so 
she can probably give it give the presentation on her own at this point i'm sure <laughs> probably probably she probably wouldn't want to but yeah i uh, yeah. <laughs> love it um so at the utilities management conference in san antonio earlier this year we met uh, melissa palmales from arcadis and she gave this great interview about being a water nerd and a puerto rican when hurricane maria hit and so we wanted to ask you, since we know that you're from Puerto Rico as well, like, what was that like for you and your family? And did that give you any new perspective on how water issues vary across the world? Yeah, so the, the hurricane, this hurricane was uh, a little bit different from others. Um, I, mean, I spent three quarters of my life in, in Puerto Rico and I've, you know, I've been through a couple of hurricanes, uh, but this one was a little bit different. It was, it was a lot stronger. And then being on the outside makes it a very different experience. So mm. being being on the outside, meaning obviously I live here uh, in Maryland. And um, so the, the hardest part, first of all, for me was just not being able to communicate, right? You can't communicate with, with your uh, close family, with anybody. Uh, you don't know what's going on. All you're getting is whatever is in either in social media or, or in TV. Mm. Um, but I knew that, you know, they were going to have issues with uh, water uh, and then power. Now, being being you know Puerto Rico's uh, pretty used to having these kinds of storms. So you know people do have generators and people do have um, small reservoirs. You know, five hundred gallons, whatever, on top of the roofs uh, for the most part. But this was different, right? We're talking about a major, major hurricane right. that you couldn't just store enough whatever energy or, or water mm -hmm. to deal with. Um, so, so it was a little bit different, uh, different in that sense, and, and uh, difficult. Um, so, in my case, you know, I had to um, fly some fit close family uh, out, you know, for health issues and things like that. You know, without water and without power, hospitals, you know, aren't very good. And uh, yeah. so, so we uh, flew out my wife's uh, grandma out of the island. She's like ninety four. Mm. Um, and she came out and then my dad had had surgery a few days before the hurricane hit. Mm. So I had to fly him out too. Um, and then the, the rest of the family, you know, they, they made, they made whatever they could. Um, you know, they were, uh, related to water specifically. Like, you know, I have an uncle that was, uh, getting water for one place. He put a tank in the trailer, uh, filled it up and then he would go back to his community and then, mm -hmm. um, you know, basically distribute water to his neighbors wow. and he did that for like you know two months um, um so you know they had to do that but they also got uh, you know used to to that so when, right. when i was there when i was uh younger i remember going through one of the i think it was hugo maybe in 89 or so and uh and you know you had to ration water you, you just didn't have water every day. So you knew that there was going to be water on Monday and on Thursdays. So, you know, you had to adjust and yeah. it's a humble reminder of how, how, um, spoiled we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, Good of word. Just, just having, yeah, just having water. And, you know, with this hurricane, like a lot of people ask me, Oh, you know, how, how to do, and you know, how's the infrastructure and this and the other, and it doesn't take much. You yeah. know, just look at, you know, we were talking earlier, the city of Austin, oh, uh, yeah. you know, water boil advisory, and then everybody goes berserk, right? right. Uh, no hurricane passed through that, right? <laughs> uh, you, you talk about Flint, Michigan, and, and those kind of things, you know, people were getting sick from, from their waters. So um, I think we just have to look at it um, 
uh, a little bit closer and, and make sure that, um, you know, we give the importance to water that, that it deserves. So. Yeah. Someone, we watched a video the other day and this guy was making a documentary and he said something that was so powerful. He said, mm-hmm. um, we're only three, if I only knew how I was three days away from dying my whole life. Yeah. We you don't know, ever think about, think about it in that three term. Days away from, from that, just not having any water, you know, I mean, that was pretty powerful. And that's what I was thinking about with, you know, everyone who goes through these hurricanes and stuff like. Yeah. They get you, know, it, you know, that's it, when they get it. You yeah. know, I, I think, you know, for again, just we, we uh, are spoiled as a society, right? Um, we, we expect not only water, we you expect power. You go to your house and I guarantee you, you're going to be like, all right, light switch, you know, magic. Yeah. Um, so um, being a little bit more conscious about it, I think would yeah. be helpful. So if people understood what it, what it takes to make that power and what it takes mm-hmm. to make that water, um, people would be, I think, a little bit better off. But um, hurricanes aren't easy, and uh, you know, there's there's a long history with them in the island. And I, I think in the end, things are going to be okay. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it's a resilient group of people uh, yeah. down there in the island. So um, they'll come out of it, and and hopefully uh, they would learn some lessons if there were some mishaps here and there that are things that could have been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they will take that lesson and then apply it on a, the next time over, which yeah. I hope is not in many years, but yeah. you never know. Right. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that perspective with us. Yeah. I want to know um, Jorge's favorite conference or industry <laughs> gathering of 2018. Yeah. Y'all, we met Jorge on Twitter <laughs> and he is the, like a Twitter king. Okay. Yep. And we just, we love watching where, what he's doing, where he's going, all the retweets. So what is, I mean, you're the one in the know. What's, what was the conference of your year? I, I, I don't, I don't have a, a favorite one, but I, and, and I, I usually, pick. <laughs> I usually go to obviously water related conferences. I did not go to WebTech, so I can't Ooh. make that one. Yeah. I can't make that one the top one. So I will tell you that my favorite one. And I want to know why it made it awesome. So. Yeah. So, so this year, just recently, I went to the um, uh, ASCE, American Society of Civil Engineers, the convention. Mm-hmm. And the, the only reason why I think that was cooler than any other conferences I went to this year is because not everybody was in the water industry, right? Okay. So, so it, it, gave, it gave me a chance to talk to people that are, you know, bridge designers and, mm-hmm. you know, other like, I don't know, geotech people. And, you know, they, they start asking these questions and say, like, yeah, we, you know, this is what we do in the water side and, and this is why we're doing it. And they're like, oh my God, that's, that's really interesting. And so, so I like the fact of kind of stepping outside of the bubble, what I call the mm-hmm. bubble of us, you know, the water industry is pretty right. small, I, I, I find. Yeah. And, and talking to these guys who are, traditionally you know the big guys you talk about civil engineers you ask any average person oh, what's a civil engineer the first thing to come to mind is like a bridge you know yeah, bridge design yeah, well, I, well i'm i'm not that type i don't i don't design <laughs> bridges um so anyhow i find it really fun to to share um everything that's happening in the water side wastewater side with with those folks so i would definitely um you know go go again sure I was so. going to ask you if you would, um, I've got a ranch that I need a bridge over a creek. <laughs> 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 you build that for me and design it. But. Yeah. Do water to it. 
I'll bring I'll bring the duct tape. There you go. You got yeah. it. <laughs> They're like, oh, I build buildings. And Jorge's like, oh, I build the cornerstone of modern day civilization, aka water and wastewater services. So <laughs> Exactly. And it feels so good. <laughs> Love it. All right. Ariane is going to do the lightning round. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Sorry, Jorge. Sorry about that. Okay. What is your favorite book that you can recommend to us? Does it have to be water related? No. Okay, good. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading. So I'm a I'm an audio book type Ooh, of person. Me too. And I and I grabbed one uh, the other day that I haven't finished. But anyhow, uh, the one that I'm that I'm listening to uh, um, most recently is called Alone Together, and it's it's about this guy that uh, is sailing from California to Hawaii and then back, and uh, basically. Um, the guy is is trying to figure out um, if if people or him would act the same way uh, when they're alone because you're basically you know this guy is on a sailboat by himself, right. uh, going from one end to the other, and and uh, it's just interesting and and he narrates it narrates the book uh, himself and he, he has a nice voice and mm-hmm. he's very uh, clear in his thoughts and it's just fun to to hear his story so. I'm enjoying that book a lot, um, but yeah, it's not water related. Other than the fact that the sailboat is in the ocean, everything's water related. Sailboat, ocean, yeah, water. water. Yeah, I got excited for a second because "Alone Together" is one of my favorite Stroke songs, and then I was like, "Oh, he's giving us a book, not a song." And then I was like, wow. <laughs> "That's cool." No, I really like it. Um, okay, so what's something that you do every day that can drive your productivity? Um. I, for productivity wise, I, uh, I live off of my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> I talked earlier about my wife, I, you know, she knows that she has my calendar and she kind of pushes stuff into it. Um, I, I live by it. And then, and then from there, it's just, it's just taskless, you know, yeah. prioritizing, whatever, but it's, it's calendar based. I cannot live without looking at a calendar. I don't ask me what day it is. Mm-hmm. I, I need to see the the calendar, so uh, sure. that helps me keep things lined up. So we're big John Aka fans, and um, for the past several years, I think I don't remember how many years it's been. He has these uh, year calendars. Like I wish you could see it right now, but it's I don't know how big would you say that it is eighteen by. Well, this year's is a little bit shorter it's probably uh 24 by 36 yeah and it's a the whole year right in front of you and initially I thought that that might be overwhelming to me to see the whole year like it would make time go by faster but it's actually I can't live without it now Mm -hmm. because especially when it gets conference seasons and you're you know that you have this travel coming up or that travel coming up and so now it's it's nice to just look to my right and Mm -hmm. it's always there and I know exactly what's coming up so right now we're in transition where we have half of 2018 showing and 2019 over here we've already had that one up so I get it I live and die by my calendar and it's nice to see like okay I know that for eight weeks I'm going to be traveling this year so kind of what he also says is intentionally planning like the family time or you know maybe my kids my husband was right I have been traveling too much this month you know but you don't know that when you're looking at it you know month to month just 
on a calendar, you know, on your, on your notebook, but we can see here like, oh, wow, we really have been traveling or, you know, oh, I could probably stand to travel a little bit next month. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard to this, I heard this guy, uh, just recently, um, this guy was giving tips on, on how to manage time, uh, his time and whatever. And, uh, he talked about having a color coded calendar to, to get his goals. Yeah. So, you know, in my personal life, for example, you know, if I have everything that is strictly work related and I have no time, you know, on family or whatever it is that the calendar would be a certain predominantly a certain color. And yes. then you need, you know, you, you know that you need to make some changes. So, uh, the same way, you know, just looking at that calendar, um, helps me, um, keep things. Might've been listening to the same guy. (laughs) Um, okay. So in, in our line of work, we have found that when we talk to people about change, sometimes we get pushed back and, and some people will say, well, I'm just one person. What difference does it make if I change? It's not going to make a difference. It's just me. And obviously we disagree with that notion. Um, we think that change can be contagious and you never know who's watching. And so if you're doing something, you may inspire someone to, to do the same. So what's the one call to action that you're most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? That's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, I told you I'm just an engineer, so I don't think I can change the world. But, um, but what I will say is I strive to um, try to impact um, someone, right? Whether, whether again, it's I, I typically try to focus on the younger generation because they're the, they're the ones that are going to carry us um, yeah. forward. Um, but if you can make impact – to, to one person, uh, I think that goes a long way. I, the, the way that I, I remember when I was, when I was younger and I, I was trying to figure out what I was going to be, um, I, I didn't necessarily have anybody explain to me what, what things were going to be like. I, I wish I had that opportunity. I think I still did. Okay. But, um, I'm making a concerned effort to share a lot with, you know, kids and, and whatnot to, to try to make that change, right. To try to, try to grab them and say, Hey, here, come along. And, and what's coming is, is great. Uh, and of course it's, it's all related to, to what I do. Um, and, and try to be genuine, you know, I actually, I, I do what I do because I believe in it. Um, if, if I, if I didn't have it that way, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do what I do. So yeah, just be, be genuine with people and try to make an impact of one person. If you, if you change somebody's life, somebody's course, right. By, by just having a nice conversation. Um, I think for the good reasons, right. For, for a positive outcome, I think, I think we're set. So. I just want you to know that I've been keeping track of every time you've said you're just an engineer. So when we do meet in real life, I'm going to like slug bug punch buggy you for every single one of those times. <laughs> I was like, that's like a four letter word to me. And where he's like, I'm going to say it 5 million times. during this <laughs> Challenge accepted. Sorry. No, nope, you're sorry. good. You're um, you're no, but like I said, uh, you know, obviously, um, just we've never met you in real life. We literally met on Twitter, and I think because we have a, a shared love for the hawk, um, and that's kind of how we began this uh, this friendship via Twitter. But 
um, there was always something, even in the tweets, that was just a little special about Jorge. Yep. And we had to like reach out yep. and find out more about, it. more about you. And we're so glad that we did because, yeah. um, you know, you're really setting an example for, for other people who just see themselves as just engineers and you're not just anything, but you're just making a difference in yeah. this industry. So we appreciate you and we appreciate your time with us today. Thanks. I disagree with all that. I think <laughs> you guys are the ones that are making the difference. Um, I found, you know, you guys found me through George Hawkins and, and all that. And I think what you do is, is really awesome. Um, and it's, it's extremely important. Um, you know, I'm just one of your groupies, so oh, um, God. Oh, my God. keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and you know, I'll keep, I'll keep, uh, an eye out on Twitter. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been great. Thanks for having me. It's an honor for me. Uh, I told you earlier, I'm, I'm all nervous about talking to you guys here. Um, uh, so anyhow, keep doing what you're doing. I love it. It's awesome. Your, your podcast, um, is, is really cool. I'm spreading the word. Everybody I talk to, I'm like, you know, you gotta, you gotta tag along with these guys uh, here on the East Coast. You guys are too Texas centric, so you gotta, um, uh, you gotta, you gotta expand. Out. Yeah, you gotta yeah. expand over here. Don't, yeah. don't worry about the West Coast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. We gotta, we're trying equal opportunity coastlines. <laughs> I like them both, you know, <laughs> and and you know, to to all the folks in the middle too, you know. <laughs> So one day we want to go on tour and hit up, you know, every oh, every awesome. state. Yeah. Even Hawaii. Hey. Hey, Hawaii, if you're listening, hit us up. So, um, again, thank you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being thanks for being a friend. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me. It was awesome. We hope you enjoyed the show today and never miss out on future episodes by clicking subscribe or better yet, signing up for the Water Nerds newsletter at theh2duo.com forward slash newsletter. We have a ton of traveling coming up, so please be sure to check us out on Twitter or Instagram at the underscore h2duo and check out our banner on our profile or in our highlight with all of our tour dates for 2019. We're going to be setting up meetups at each spot, so sign up for the newsletter or follow us on Twitter and Instagram so you know where to find us. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that moved you one step closer to accomplishing your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world.